Welcome in to another edition of the Temperate Keg Podcast, episode oh. 430. Mitch on the ones and twos, Charlie here with you, my producer, Lily, aka my dog, also here with us today. We, we are talking the NFL Packer preview. It is here. We are covering everything. We're going to talk offense. We're going to talk defense, special teams, players, intangibles, all sorts of things. Will be yet another year where I picked Packers to win the Super Bowl. Then we're going to talk about uh, the Brewers, how bad Summerfest has been handled, and a little bit of Paul Chris because my co-host said, I kind of want to talk some shit about Paul Chris. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not gonna let hold you back. And speaking of my co-host, Mitch Ross, hanging out on the other side of the Zoom, we're back after a couple-week hiatus. What's going on? Yeah, um, just hanging right in there again, getting getting to the the, the meat and potatoes of the year uh, right now with yes uh, September and we're approaching fat guy weather season, which you and I both enjoy more than yep. more than the uh, dog days of summer. And yeah, football's kicking off. Uh, baseball is hitting hitting the home stretch. Um, God, the Bucks will be defending their title here before you know it. So. Yeah, about um, less yeah. than less than five weeks, we're gonna have Bucks regular season starting. We'll be previewing yeah. Bucks. It'll be crazy. So, uh, not a, not a bad time to have a have a two week uh, break and then hit it hard again starting tonight. Or today, yeah, so. yeah, we are definitely gonna go hard in the paint as Walk Flocka once said in the song. Um, because this is gonna this is our season. It's kind of where we thrive. It's a sprint, really. Not we're not a sprint form a marathon. Until at least like Thanksgiving, then usually sometimes we take some time off. Christmas is a little tight, but we'll have a lot of great shows, a lot of good content for you guys as it goes on. I haven't told Mitch this yet, but I think we're going to try to get Tab and Keg on a regular day um, as we go forward in the football season, um, as well as, uh, but that'll be tough, tough, obviously, with the Brewers, but we'll figure it out. We'll make it work like we always do. Um, but yes, it's, I love this time of year. One of my favorite months. I love busting out the vest when I can. I've been thinking, um, and I know we'll talk Summerfest later, but like some of these nights, like tonight, Joe bros are playing, like you might even be a vest night tonight in, at Summerfest right off the lake. It's cold. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not, uh, not warm at all. It, it immediately was like, Hey, it's fall. Now it's going to get a little warm this weekend, but still it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little different. So interesting, interesting time of year. Excited to talk about the Packers, though. It's a great season. So many questions. I think, you know, our friend Nolan, who's not here with us, he usually does do our NFL preview. Um, he is busy this week, heading out to San Diego uh, tomorrow. And I think he talked about enjoying the ride. And I saw some other blogger posts about that. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more that to me is the theme of this season. Um, you know, Devontae Adams, the news today was there isn't going to be a contract extension. Devontae Adams is probably going to go into next season as a free agent. And you look at it and you go to spot track and you look at that and you say, oh, why? Well, Jair Alexander needs a deal. Elton Jenkins needs a deal. Um Lazard, MVS, if you want to bring those guys back, they need deals, a little lesser versions. I mean, everybody needs to get paid. Adrian Amos, uh, the Smith brothers are going to be up in, two, in a year and a half. So it's like, 
of course they're not going to work on any contracts. I don't pity the Packers, and it could be a complete rebuild next year, and we could be having an entirely different conversation next year. So I think, Mitch, my theme for the year is that enjoy the ride mentality. Is that how you feel? I know you are, I wouldn't say a Packer troll. That's it's a little too strong, but you like to razz Packer fans. I would, you like to razz I would, I would, I would, I would, I would claim that for sure. Yeah. That I'm a Packer troll. I mean, I watch so, all the games, um, but I I let everybody else get fired up about it, and I do my best to to poke the bear. So okay. I think that's, okay, so uh, you, that's I, pretty some, fair. Some people find troll offensive. Um, so, but as a troll, so would you say you're a fan though? You're still a fan. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, I, yeah, totally. So it's, as so, I'm going to ask this as a two part as a fan. What's your theme of the season? And then for the trolling side of you, what's the troll? What's the troll version of it? <laughs> wow, um, I don't even know how to answer that. Um, <laughs> I mean, enjoying the ride is probably the, the theme of the year. I mean, right. it just is. Like it's it, the team. We don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But you, there's, there's the writing's kind of on the wall that this is going to be. I don't know. The, the I guess the last dance or the last the last hurrah with Rodgers and Adams, but I mean besides those two guys, how how different is it going to be? You know, those, those are <clears throat> I mean, obviously losing Aaron Rodgers is would be huge. I mean, that's that's um you go from Rodgers to Love, who knows who knows what you get there, but um the rest of the team would probably still be there, but two big losses. So, I mean, just, just kind of enjoying and, and sort of, I guess, yeah. And enjoying the last season of being for sure, one of the best teams in football and right. just, just soaking it all in, I guess, as much as you can. If, if you go to a game, I guess, really, really think about it because it could be different next year. And um, you just have to hope that um, the organization can, can stay, sort of relevance beyond Rogers. And, and we don't know if, if Rogers could possibly stay after this year, he's technically under contract. We'll probably do this again next year, but um, yeah, just, just enjoy the ride. Do you think, so I, I, I have a question on that. So I, I do think there is a small chance Aaron Rodgers comes back and I, I have a developing theory. I wouldn't say that it's a full blown theory, I'd say it's in the lab. We're cooking it. Aaron Rodgers made a comment to McAfee yesterday, basically saying, yeah, I was a little more involved with the 53-man roster. I was a little more in, in the loop than I had been in years past and said things with Brian and him were good, you know, all, all the, you know, check the boxes, right? But the, mm-hmm. that part I thought was really important. And I wonder if – they're telling Aaron, like, hey, look, we're going to give you a little more autonomy, but you have to understand we don't have a lot of money. And if we keep you and we have you as Packer, we're not going to be able to get Devontae back. You just have to understand that. Devontae is going to get $28 million out of the open market from whom, whoever, whoever has more. Yeah. They're going to give them that money. Are you okay with that? If we make you more a part of this sort of brain trust, you have to understand, like, 
there's going to be business moves that we're going to have to make because we'd hamstring our franchise if we bring back Devontae, who I know is your go-to guy. But we can bring yeah. back Lazard and, and MVS if you're cool with that. Like, do you think, do you think, do you think there's that, a possibility uh, there? Do you think I'm yeah, crazy? Maybe, I mean, maybe maybe Goody was like, all right, you want more power? Or we're we're going to show you – or you want more say? We're going to show you what it's really like. Like, <laughs> like this is – you know, it's not – I know that, like, especially among players, I'm sure when when they are hanging out, smoking a cigar, whatever Rogers and Bakhtiari do, you know, whatever they, you know, drinking scotch or something, they probably talk about how the salary cap is a is a myth, which is probably some some truth to that. But at the same time, everything, you know, everything's in moderation, right? Like, you know, you can't bring everybody back, and they probably use that as like a, I don't know, a bargaining chip from from Goody, maybe just like. You know, like I said, you you want more say that we're going to show you then what we have to deal with. And yeah, Devante is not going to be not going to be possible at at, you know, at highest paid receiver money. So um, just enjoy it while you can. Right. I, yeah. You know, there's something to that. I mean, that's fun to talk about, fun to think about. Um, yeah, it's just it, I'm just wondering, like, we'll see how the year progresses. Right. Like. But if him and LaFleur are so close, and LaFleur also in that interview said LaFleur came to California, brought him wine, like brought him some scotch, like they hung out, which you don't really hear like coaches and their star player like growing out together, which is what it sounded like LaFleur and Rogers did in Malibu, which like to be a fly in the wall for that fucking conversation would have been incredible. How much do you think you'd pay to you, you being a troll, maybe not. But a normal Packer fan, how much do you think they would pay to, like, get, like, a two-hour, like, a podcast of the greatest hits of LaFleur and Rodgers talking to each other in Malibu? I mean, probably almost every every penny that they, to their name. All the Packer stock I mean, they own? Just cashing yeah. all my Packer stock for, for that that conversation? Yeah, I mean, that was, especially at that time, like, in, like, oh, May yeah. or something. Oh, I mean, yeah, God. that would have been – to just be in the room, that would be, yeah, life savings. Oh, yeah. It, it, and I'm sure there are journalists now, you know, that'll do their job, the big J's, the Bob Domofsky's of the world that are going to try to try to get that story, try to see like, well, what did you, and they won't tell anything. They won't give any fucking nugget possible. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers also basically called Ty Don a liar, which was entertaining. Um, which I talked about yesterday. And so, yeah, it looks like he's ready to go for the season. And I don't think we can expect an MVP season out of Aaron Rodgers again. I think you can expect him to be awesome. I think you expect him to have another big year, but I'm not thinking he is the MVP this year. I thought last year was a revenge year for Aaron Rodgers. I still think there is going to be that fire. Um, I think he's going to want to continue to prove people wrong that I, I am the guy here until I say I'm the guy here, basically. Um, is there any part of you that worries maybe Rodgers doesn't have that fire just because of all that's happened, his sort of quote-unquote zen, um, and everything else that's going on with him? A little bit. I mean, it's – I don't know. He's, what, 37 now? Um, yeah. I mean, he's – you know, getting old, he, he looks skinny. Like, I mean, 
I'm not going to go as far to say malnourished, but he looks yeah, he looks skinny and he looks old for like I feel like the first time. Like his hair is getting gray, like it just. I but I mean yeah I don't know like I know everybody's like oh it's his last year he's going to be so fired up and I can't wait to and it's like well you know especially after the off season it's like well you don't even really know where he's at I mean I'm not going to say he's going to going to mill in the season or mail it in but you know he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would do that but how come all of a sudden you know all the reports for were in the off season that he wanted out and how are we supposed to totally buy into the fact that he's super motivated? I don't know. I, It'll be just that, I guess that narrative. Yeah, we have, I mean, we have 15 I, years of, of data there, but where so, he's, he's always had a chip on his shoulder, but um, I don't know. So there's a chance they could start one and three. I don't think they will, but they could. And I think if that does happen, there are going to be people that are wondering about Rogers motivation. I think that is exactly what you're going to start hearing. Well, he's kind of, to your point, mailing it in. That will be a hot national t- sports talk topic. Because people will be like, is, does Rodgers really care anymore? Is Rodgers trying to get traded? People mm-hmm. you know, people around the organization, you know, granted it was done, who Rodgers called a liar. I don't know if he's a liar. Um, that's a hard game to play. But – Dunn said, like, basically, he mailed in the 2018 season and wanted to get Mike McCarthy fired. Like, there is some there is some truth to that, but I just don't see it. Not with his relationship with Matt LaFleur. If he hated his coach, I could say there is a high probability this might happen. But I don't see it with Matt LaFleur. I think he has too much respect for Matt LaFleur, Luke Gatsy, Nathaniel Hackett. They're all around the same age. I think they all have a common respect for each other. There is no way that Rodgers does this. And if they do struggle out the gates, people will talk that shit. You know, that's what the Colin Cowards and Florios of the world do. But at the same time, it's probably not going to be the case. It probably is some bad luck. It probably is, you know, some dumb shit that happened there. And they're also facing tough opponents early, early on. So I'm not, that's not going to surprise me at all. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big year. I do worry a little bit about to that skinniness that you refer to. That's going to it's going to give me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies, especially with the offensive line. Now, I'm not as worried as I think the national pundits are of the offensive line. Like, I think people who don't know the Packers, and I, I mean this not necessarily disrespectfully, but I, I mean it just as they're not in the day-to-day. They're not in the mud w- with us. Like, they don't know how good Elton Jenkins is. And, I mean, it's left guard. Like, I, I don't blame you. But Elton Jenkins, would you say quick, yes, no, Most one of the most underrated players in football? Probably. Yeah. Yes. So, it's – so, yeah. And he's playing left tackle, and he can do it in his sleep. The guy knows how to play left tackle. Lucas Patrick, your left guard. Royce Newman, the rookie who everybody loves, nicknamed Dirt. So they're starting two rookies on the line that would worry most teams. Most teams would be concerned about two rookies on the offensive line, but Adam Stefanik, the offensive line coach of the Packers is really good at his job. And they every year seem to be able to bring in offensive linemen. I'm not worried at all. 
And I know with the Roger skinniness, you're like, well, if he takes a bunch of hits, is he going to be, is he going to be able to kind of bounce back? And are you at all scared about the offensive line injury because Bakhtiari for the six weeks, or do you think that it's kind of an overblown national subject? Yeah. I don't think it's like a sudden loss. So I, I don't know how much it hurts. I mean, they, they've been able to prepare for it all training camp. Yep. Um, and so Jenkins has gotten all the reps basically at left tackle and Bakhtiari is there too. It's not like he's in a coffin somewhere. Like he's there to, to help. I mean, with any questions that Jenkins has or whatever. And I'm pretty sure Jenkins said that one of his press conferences uh, on Labor Day, I think it was, you know, just talking about how Bach is there to, to help him out. So, and he's done it before. I mean, if, if it was, you know, first quarter, game one, Bakhtiari torn ACL out for the year, I'd probably be concerned for a few weeks, right? Um, yeah. Just because of the, you know, shifting the lineup mid-game and then, you know, just the acclimation process of that for a few weeks, that would that would probably scare me a little bit more. But they've had, you know, all camp to prepare for this. They've known about it. And um, just, I mean, you don't have to be the best offensive line in the league. Just get by until until week eight. And that's when the schedule really kicks up. So and, and I, um, they'll okay. be all right. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's a great point about like Bakhtiar, when his injury happened, like they, to your point, they've prepared all training camp, but like heaven forbid somebody goes down early in week one, then yeah, then it gets a little scary. That's when it gets scary is like, if you lose right. Jenkins for a couple of weeks and then you got to go with Dennis Kelly, Dennis Kelly's played left tackle, but he's nowhere near as good as Jenkins or Bakhtiari. Well, um, and that's, you, and that's, that is the big part of the, the big problem with, I guess, not having Bakhtiari is just the overall depth of the line mm-hmm. is challenged that much more. Um, but I mean, every, every team has that it's the NFL, there's going to be injuries and they have a ton of versatility too on that offensive line. Oh yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, I, I think that they'll be fine. Yeah. And, and you're going to, you'll, and that injury point is so true because you'll have the like week two or week three where everybody gets hurt and it'll be like, Oh God, there's so many injuries. This we need to buy week. anymore. Oh, I hate it. It's literally the, one of the worst weeks in football. Like it's so annoying and it happens every year and it sucks. It's never fun. You but I also like, think, uh... Do you mean with all like all the all the stars getting hurt every year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It happens every year. And it's like I, I think week two was last year. Like guys, I think Saquon tears his ACL, and I think there were a few other significant injuries that that day. And it's like, first of all, to your point, it's football. Second of all, I think we put these guys on such a pedestal because there's ad deals all over the place. They're on if they're on fucking social media, if they're a popular athlete whether on Twitter or Instagram, like that builds their profile. Even if they're not that great of a player, it's like, Oh, we know him on Twitter. Like if Randall Cobb and I don't want Randall Cobb getting hurt, but Randall Cobb got hurt and he's really well. And that's another thing. If they're really well liked by the media, they'll, they will like throw all the flowers when an injury happens. So you don't want anyone getting hurt, but yeah, it's, it's one of the more annoying things about early NFL. Um, as well as just the overall overreactions. And speaking mm-hmm. of overreactions, it's transition. 
I think if you were to talk about to wrap up the offense and you're talking about either the wide receiver or the running back position, everybody seems to over has overreacted or just really hyped up about MVS's training camp and how good of a training camp it's been for MVS. The the hype seems really real, not just like kind of, it seems like it's going to be a thing. And then also Kylan Hill a little bit where mm-hmm. Kylan Hill is, is like, there is a lot of hype there too, but is, is that just a train? Like, I don't, I think Kylan Hill is going to have a, a role, but I just don't know how much of a role it is. So it's really interesting to see both of those. I don't know if you, wherever you want to go, Hill or MVS, but I think both have the hype train like fully on board. Well, I think for Kylan Hill, he, he was a star of preseason, right? Like, but yeah, that was, that's a thing where, I mean, who else was getting the ball? Yeah. I mean, there was, there, you know, Dylan didn't really play, did he? In preseason, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones sure as hell didn't. You know, Kylan Hill was sort of the feature back, you know, pretty much a three down back. Um, I do like him though. I think there's, he had, seems to have a ton of potential. Um, but no, I agree with you that you, you might not, you might not see him much. I mean, we didn't even see AJ Dillon last year until when? Well, I guess he had the COVID and stuff. He had the yeah. Coco. There were some issues yeah. there with, with injuries and whatnot. But, but AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon was brought out, like I said, he would all year. If you listen to this podcast, I was like, they're keeping AJ Dillon like a snowplow. And look what happened. They brought him out like a fucking snowplow. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're having that similar thing. I think AJ Dillon's going to have a role here. I was saying on another show, like, one of my bigger rants that I, and I will probably do like a mini keg on this is I hate when all the fantasy guys be are like, Oh, Aaron Jones doesn't get enough carries. Whoa. Uh. Like shut the fuck up, dude. Like, do you understand that Aaron Jones is a small guy? Like he is not a bruiser. He cannot carry the ball 25 times in September. His body would be mush by at Thanksgiving. There's a reason for this. It's not called science, brother. Understand it. Learn it. And that's why you have a guy like A.J. Dillon. That's why Kylan Hill is going to have at least a few touches. He could be the Tyler Irving this year a little bit. A little scat back here and there. I don't know. So it's like, just relax. Like, I don't know. I That always drives me crazy. Another, like, pet peeve of mine when it comes to, like, NFL Twitter during during the season. For sure. Uh, MVS, as far as him, I mean, I, I don't know. He's He was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde, wasn't he? I mean, the, oh, yeah. the year yeah, yeah. where, and, and he is, he was just a guy, like, you look at the stats, right? Where it's like, oh, led the league in yards per catch, was it? Or something like that? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, the only route he can run is straight down the field. That's the only route that Rodgers had any trust in. I mean, and because it seemed like he would drop a lot of other you know, he's not really – he has not fine-tuned the ability to go over the middle like a Devontae Adams has or, you know, find the find the soft spot in the D. He's just kind of a go deep and catch it, go get it type of guy. So, I don't know. I, I don't have a super negatively strong opinion of, of MVS just because he is pretty young. What is he, 30 year now? Yeah. So, he's pretty young, and this is – isn't this kind of when guys take a step? I love that you, you, Mitch. You just set me up perfectly. It's like it's like we do. We've done like four hundred and twenty nine of these. Yes, 
And that's what I was, I've been saying to people for a while, like Devonte Adams had some real struggles. People wanted Jeff Janice over Devonte Adams. Those tweets are out there folks, probably deleted by now, but there were people that wanted Jeff Janice over Devonte Adams. We lived in that world. And then Devonte Adams is now a superstar. James Jones, everybody wanted cut. Now James Jones never didn't ascend where Devonte Adams is today, but he still was a fantastic receiver for the Packers. That that's kind of what, what I think you're going to get out of MVS this year. It would not surprise me if MVS is the number two guy and Lazard actually takes a step back. I think Lazard is good in his own right, but I, I could see that. I think it's going to be a revolving door of guys. Like I think you're going to have the MVS games. I think you're going to have Lazard games. I think you'll have a random Cobb game here and there but it's all based on matchups and what Rogers can go to work. I think he trusts all four, four of those guys. I don't think there's one guy right now where Rogers is like, yeah, I don't believe in that guy. I don't think he can make it work. Yeah. How much of an impact do you think Randall Cobb will actually have? Not that much as I'm dying. He's got a little, a little hiccups, case of the hiccups. No, I, I don't, I don't know. Hey, look, Randall Cobb always seems to get hurt. Never seems like Randall Cobb actually stays healthy for a full season. Um, maybe he has a moment here and there. I think around the red zone, he's going to be really vital. Like yeah. another fantasy complaint is everybody's like on board that Robert Tanyan's going to have this bad year. And like, oh, he had he, touchdown regression. Like he got so many easy touchdowns. It's like, well, yeah, the guy's always open. I don't really know how it happens, but he's always open. And he trains with George Kittle like they're best friends. It's one of the best guys in football to probably train with to get better at the tight end position as he's one of the yeah. best tight ends. So it's like you can say, oh, it's a flash in the pan. But, I, again, I think the real ones know that Robbie just seems to always find himself open. And Big Bob is going to Big Bob it. Like that's just what he does. And I think if you're going to say, oh, what could Cobb's impact be? It actually might be negatively affecting Tanyan around the red zone or it frees him up because there's another guy that teams have to deal with around the 10 yard line, which is going to be a nightmare for a lot of defenses. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah Cobby, I just, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't expect a ton, but he'll probably get a handful of touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Uh, quickly on the defense as we've kind of went, and I would say long, but I want to talk a little bit, get a prediction and everything like that. I did a lot of defense yesterday, so I'm not going to spend too much time as I kind of broke everything down. And I, I really looked at it more at a high level with Joe Barry and can listen to that. Basically broke down game by game and sort of said, like, it's going to take a while for us to understand what Joe Barry's defense is. Um, it's almost all the same guys. Um, I'm very excited for another year of Kenny Clark. I think the big question mark for a lot of people is, will the Rashawn Gary breakout happen? We're going to talk about hype trains. Like, is this going to be the Rashawn Gary year? Is Rashawn Gary going to overtake snaps from one of the Smith brothers? Is that, is that a thing that we can expect? Are, are they going to be okay in middle linebackers? Devondra Campbell, and Chris Barnes enough. I think those are a couple of the early questions about that front seven for, for the Green Bay Packers. 
Yeah, the depth on the D line to me is probably the biggest question. Yeah, for the defense. Um, and I guess maybe how much do they get out of the middle linebacker position? I do like the secondary quite a bit. So I feel like that's the most solidified spot on the defense where, and a lot of that too helps. It helps to have a good pass rush um, for them. So the secondary, those kind of go in tandem, but I think the defensive line, uh, what kind of Dean Lowry are you going to get? You know, he's kind of just the warm body, I think. Yeah. A man Lancaster, Kenny Clark, obvious stud. I mean, just a little undersized, but gets the job done. TJ Slayton, quite the opposite. My God. man. And uh, a lot of people are excited about him. I'm so we'll see myself, what. Yes. Yeah. Is he the Packers Vince Wilfork, potentially? We've been kind of dying for one, but um, it hasn't totally come to fruition in the past. I'm trying to think of other D tackles that have come along. Who was Jarrell Worthy? Was that one? Oh, God. Yeah. Jarrell Worthy was like a second or third round pick. I think he was an end. I don't think he was a D tackle. But I mean, either way, tried, it was like a, a three, four end, like a, just a large dude. Really, they just haven't had, you know, a big guy that's been awesome since uh, our guy, Howard Green, who forever will be in lore of uh, the Eau Claire boys, the Gator boys. Um, you know, they, Detroit guy on, you know, came through here for a little bit. Um, not, not a great guy at all there, Latroy. No. Nope. Um, one of the more shady Packers, I think, that they've had in this organization. Uh, but Jack Halfren is a guy who kind of was an undrafted classic Packer thing we've seen year in, year out from Iowa. You got to love the Big Ten grit. Um, finally, someone not from Northwestern. You know, who knows? Maybe Jack Halfren becomes a stud and maybe he takes over for Dean Lowry. And he's that is ahead of Lancaster on the depth chart. I was, frankly, I was surprised Lancaster kept his job. I thought he was going to be a guy that was on the cutting block, but they decided to roll with it. And I think to your point, there isn't a ton of depth there. I, I agree. I, I like the secondary a lot. I think it starts with Jair Alexander, Savage and Amos. I think Savage and Amos probably one of the best secondary combos in the league. Um, I have to go through it. I'm not as well-versed in safeties as I maybe I should be. But I still would probably put Amos and Savage in that top five for sure in the top ten. And the one more, the, the most annoying thing about this season from Packer fans, I don't even know if I'll say pinheads, I won't take it that far, <laughs> will be just the consistent bitching about Kevin King. Yeah, It's like Kevin King will not be allowed to fuck up. Like if Kevin nope. King allows like a 10-yard pass, well, all of our group chats will just ding. Like, it'll be like, oh, there goes Kevin King again. Oh, it fucking sucks. Like, it's yeah. like, all right, guys. I, uh, I would say, if I can tap into my Packers uh, troll hat yes. again, yes. I would say easily the second best moment of the offseason when they re-signed Kevin King. And that was pretty <laughs> early. That was early going. Um, yeah. That was like, I mean, that was like six, March. $6 million for Kevin King um, seemed like a lot. And – there were ways out of it where the Packers could have got themselves out of it, but now that he made the team, there's no way out of it. So yeah. I I will be annoyed about the Kevin King stuff just because, like, look, if he fucks up and he plays bad, all right, cool, whatever. But I, I'll still contend that as bad as Kevin King was in that Tampa game, Packers didn't capitalize on three Tom Brady interceptions. 
you got to capitalize on those. You can't just yeah. let those hang out. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to be like full throat, like Kevin King's the reason we're not, we weren't in the Super Bowl. No, we couldn't stop their pass rush and, and Aaron Rodgers didn't capitalize. Well, and nobody, yeah, Kevin nobody King could. Didn't. Yeah, no one could. Right. It was the reason they won the fucking Super Bowl. So it is just one of those things where I know Kevin King's not, is good, not great. I wish, I wish he was a little bigger so he could basically be Al Harris. Cause I think he could actually be Al Harris if he wanted to add weight, but I don't think Kevin King does. Like, I think that's the other thing. I think people look at Kevin King and they don't think he gives a shit. Like, I think that's a perception. I'm not saying that's who Kevin King is, but I think there is a general consensus that Kevin King doesn't care. And I think that pisses off a lot of fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes athletes get that rap when things don't go well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, look at look at the 2014 Brewers, I think it was, and their collapse. I mean, everybody thought they didn't care. It's like, what? These guys, they come to fucking, they come to a baseball park for 12 hours a day, every day of the week. They care. Um, so, obviously, I, I don't like that argument at all. No, no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying. I, I'm not saying no, it's my argument. I'm just saying. I know. It's, it's uh, that's, that's pinhead, pinhead 101 right there. Oh, big um, time! Absolutely. I, Zadarius uh, Smith's kind of hurt, huh? Yeah. So Zadarius Smith—that's an issue. Limited, but I mean, he had the tweet that said week one. It seems like he's going to be back for week one. I don't think you have that tweet if you're not going to play. Um, been a lot of weirdness with Zedaria Smith. He wished himself a happy birthday today on, on Instagram. But that <laughs> was that. weird. I'm not gonna yeah. like, that mean, was him. I, I thought that I thought that was his post, and then the way it was worded, I thought it was like from the Packers. But that okay. was actually I'm him. I'm gonna look this up. I'll pull up I'll put up pull up the you, IG. You might you might be right. All right, here we go. <laughs> I mean, there's just been a lot of weird shit. Okay, so he had a picture and said, happy 29th birthday, Big Z. Yep. So he wished himself him. a happy birthday. That, okay, little bit of red flags going off. Shared a lot of posts about his birthday, kind of like white white woman. Like, that's, that's white women behavior to be, like, sharing a bunch of Instagram posts to your birthday. Like, everybody fucking knows it's your birthday, Okay. We don't need you to share a hundred times that, Hey, someone's wishing you a happy birthday on Instagram. Like, Hey, look how many friends I have guys. Like, yeah. Come on. Like, yeah, I, hate, I hate that. I hate that shit. Ugh, um, it's the worst. You mentioned, you mentioned Zedarius with the whole tweet and stuff. And like, I thought of the, was that last year with Devontae Adams? Was that last year? Remember that where he, he tweeted something because he, when he got ruled out by the team, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah he tweet yeah. something about like, it's out of my, and then he deleted it like 20 minutes later or something. Yeah. I forgot what it was, but same thing where it's like, you don't tweet that if you don't think you're playing. And then he just didn't play. And yeah. the, the organization freaked out. Oh yeah. That was, that was a huge, huge freak out. I remember that. That was, that was the Atlanta game. Yeah. So like week three or something like early in the year. Uh, week four. Yeah. It was a Monday night game. He got real pissed about that. That's right. Cause we've all thought he'd come back for that Atlanta game because we missed the new Orleans game. And that was the Lazard game. And then the Atlanta game doesn't play. 
everybody's all worried. And then the Packers just blow the fucking doors off the Falcons with a huge game for Bob Tanya. And that's the Bob Tanya game. And there you have it. And that in the rest is history and the Packers went on a run. So yes, that is true. I think with the iciness between the organization and Zadarius Smith, probably just want to give Zadarius Smith what he wants. We don't really need him to be a malcontent. Um, I just would probably prefer that. So let's just play him. Dr. Pat, like just get him, just get him going. Like we, we can have Zadarius Smith back. So, um, but yeah, you're right. It's, he is, that's probably your only injury concern besides, I mean, obviously backyard, but besides that um, it'll be also, as I've said, it's going to be annoying. The broadcasts are going to be really annoying for the first four weeks because all different networks, all four weeks. So it's just, just re- rehashing, rehashing oh, everything. It's, yeah. it's going to be like, it's going to be probably way worse, but it's like when the bucks are on ESPN and you get the, you get the Giannis backstory every fucking game. It's like, everyone knows by now, like, yeah, everyone knows. Or like, did you watch the uh, Florida State Notre Dame game on on Sunday? Uh, I caught the end. So like, how many times did Joe Tessitore say catastrophic injury for Mackenzie Melton? It's like, dude, <laughs> we fucking get it. Like, he really fucked up his leg. It wasn't great. He nearly got it amputated. And but we understand it was a catastrophic injury, and they couldn't stop showing their parents. Like, I get it. Like, that's producers. Like. You drive it up, and the ratings were great for the game, so obviously it worked. But still, like, it, at some point, you just kind of need to tone it down. I think showing the parents is one thing. Testor keep, keep, keeps calling it a catastrophic injury, kept calling it a catastrophic injury, just is not, is not good, good broadcasting, in my opinion. I think, I think he's pretty good for college football, Testatory. Yes. Oh, perfect. Um, but he is – I mean, I guess there is such a thing as too excited. He probably oh, did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get excited. I mean, the, the running joke, I think, on Simmons' pod is Boston Scott for a five-yard carry. And, like, he's coming <laughs> his pants after just, like, a five-yard run from some random ass running back. Like, it's – he didn't work for – didn't work for the NFL. And then what's hilarious is Steve Levy, who's kind of been at ESPN forever – gets the job and Steve Levy couldn't be more boring. Like yeah. Steve Levy could see the most exciting game ever. It could be 50 to 49 and back and forth the entire game. And Steve Levy would still call it like he was reading bingo in an old well, song. Steve Levy is not a play by play guy. I mean, no, no, he stinks. He's bad at it. And they, and he, he just doesn't believe it. And because the guy, has sucked the dick of the corporate ladder, he's been able to get this job. So good for him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating. It's just, it's life, right? He's just not, you're right though. He's not a play-by-play guy. There's just something. I I thought that when he did college football too, I was like, what the hell is Steve Levy doing college football? He's an awesome like highlight anchor. Oh, perfect. Just not, not a play-by-play guy. I mean, no, no, it, if they they won't do it because it would hurt their college football brand, but just do Fowler and Herb Street. Like Fowler and Herb Street are perfect. Like yeah. it's you know, or go snag Joel Clatt from Fox. Like I I don't think Gus Johnson, but go get Joel Clatt. Like Joel Clatt. Dude, Fox's college football coverage is probably better than ESPN. 
a lot of people say that, and I I don't disagree with it. I still love I love Lee Corso. Uh, my wife loves Lee Corso as well. Like I will always have a spot soft spot in my heart for Lee Corso. But yeah, when you're talking about analysis and actually getting into the the nitty gritty of it, it's definitely more yeah. on the the big noon Saturday stuff with Fox. Yeah, like built it. awesome. Yeah, um, Brady, Brady Quinn's, Quinn's good. really good. Yeah, Jinx. Uh, Reggie Bush, pretty solid. Liner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they got – I like Liner. I'm, I've, I'm always a Matt Liner guy. I will forever be a Matt Liner guy. Yeah. Well, Lastly, yeah. before we do predictions, and we'll get back on the Packers in a second here, but I need to ask, are you happy for Chip Kelly as a pseudo-Oregon fan? <laughs> I just think Chip's kind of a douche. Oh, I didn't expect that. You think he's a dude? I like Chip Kelly. I, I was happy I just, with Chip Kelly. I just, I mean, the way he, the way he handled Philadelphia, the Eagles, like, yeah. that was so just off-putting. I don't know, irresponsible. Yeah. I hear I you. Mean, I just didn't like that. Like he, I don't know. I feel like he's just one of those. He, he's a college coach. I mean, he just he is yeah. through and through. It's just another guy in a long line of guys that make the jump to the NFL. They make a power play for um, player personnel control, and they fuck themselves in the process. And it's everybody else's fault. You know, Bill O'Brien, Chip Kelly, Nick Saban. Um, there's got to be others. Yeah. Um, no, Spurrier. Basketball, I know. Spurrier. Spurrier is another one. Um, Pete Carroll. You know, obviously figured it out, but for a while, Pete Carroll had that issue. And then, yeah. you know, now he's been fine, but he kind of went well, through. And and Pete Carroll's kind of a scumbag, too. People forget. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't mind Pete Carroll. I think he's a good dude, and he, he lets guys express themselves, which is part of the issue with the Seahawks right now. But, yeah. um, you know, Pete Carroll's not. I just think that Chip's kind of a douche. Although he was he was awesome for Oregon. He, yeah. Sort of, he kind of came out of nowhere with them. He was the offensive coordinator. And that's around the time they really got good, you know, around 09, 10, that area. And then he became the head coach for a while and then, then jumped ship to the NFL. And now he's bounced around a little bit trying to save face. But, um, it, I mean, any, we'll see. If anything, LSU, Chip, LSU isn't that great. But. Yeah. Yeah. My guy, Coach O, it's kind of looking like, yeah, little Gene Chizik 2.0. You know, Gene Chizik wins a national championship with Cam Newton, and then uh, two years later gets fired. Um, so I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen. Or, or less mild. Yeah, a little national bit. championship. Next thing you know, you're getting fired by Kansas for not winning the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was all he was a scumbag though. There were some there was some sexual harassment stuff going on. Like I would do a little research on the less miles. It wasn't just that. Les, Les got himself, his hand was in the cookie jar, let's just say. Just he was that a little way. bit, a little bit like, what's his name from uh, from Louisville? Bobby yeah, Petrino Bobby Petrino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Petrino now coaching Missouri State um, FCS. Anyways, yeah. um, so the Packers, to, as we completely got off tangent, which is fine. Um, Schedule-wise, I look at the schedule, I have them at about 13 and 4. They could win a buy. I don't know. I haven't done. I kind of want to do like a full. Here's what I think this get like to really hone in on what the playoff teams might be this year and everything like that. I haven't done that yet. 
But I still think they're, even though the schedule looks hard on paper, I'm not that concerned about it. I know there are games where I'd say quote unquote schedule losses, maybe San Francisco week three, definitely the chiefs, um, whatever week that is week eight. Um, I think the Vikings on the road after playing the, the Cardinals Chiefs Seahawks is brutal, especially that that stadium will be full of fans now. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I have it at 13 and four. I think it, it's good enough to either be the one or the two seed. And they're going to contend again for a Super Bowl. And I think the commentary about Adams today about this is the hungriest team he's ever been a part of a lot of the kind of we're dogs sort of PJ Tucker vibes I got from that comment from Adams. I think they want this. And I think you can, you can't put a price tag on that. And then I'll let you get in a second, but I wanted to add this as my kind of parting shot is so many people are like on Tampa Bay. Like they, they just think Tampa Bay is going to repeat. They think Brady full year, everybody is sold in on Tampa Bay. And I thought it was really interesting that Gre- was Greg Olson was on Dave Portnoy shows of all things to get like, to me, like the theme of the year for the Buccaneers. But Olson said something really interesting about bringing everybody back. He's like, I get it. Like it makes a lot of sense, but you kind of want to have guys who haven't won. And you kind of want to have those guys who haven't been able to taste it because that their energy kind of fuels the rest of them. It's like, Hey, we want to get a championship for this guy. I'm sure I'll bring up this exact quote when we get to talking about the Bucs and why like a guy like George Hill is going to be so awesome for the Bucs because I think he's going to want to get that glory. And I think the Bucs are going to want to get that for him. Guys like Giannis and Chris. And so what do you think about that Buccaneers take? And then feel free to give me a schedule of what record wise for the backers. Uh, just the Buccaneers being old, essentially. Yeah, not, not maybe old, just, just, just being complacent, just being like we've won a title. And now people push back and say, well, Brady won't allow it. I mean, Tom Brady is only one guy. Like, I think the idea, that's where Belichick was so important with the Brady-Belichick relationship is not only did Tom Brady not allow it in New England, Bill Belichick didn't allow it. Are we really sure Bruce Arians, cool, hip Bruce, laying back, drinking scotch, that Bruce Arians is going to be at the same sort of want it like Bill Belichick? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard to repeat in the NFL. I mean, as is. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do you see the Super Bowl winner doesn't even make the playoffs the next year? Yeah. I don't envision that in with the Buccaneers just because they brought everyone back. Right. So, barring some sort of catastrophe, they're at least getting to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it is hard to repeat, you know, there's, there's some to that, I think maybe, but, and again, you know, Tom Brady, my goodness, when is, when is when for him? I mean, I don't know. I thought it would be last year. I thought it would be, okay. He's getting out of the new England bubble. He's 40. Was he 43 last year? Yep. Last year, 43. So put him at 44 now, but I thought he'd get out of that, and, and with like the weird COVID year, like okay, they're gonna get Tom Brady and they're gonna win nine games. And I mean, the Buccaneers did struggle last year too. It wasn't like, you know, they just got hot at the right time and had, you know, Sunshine Tommy, the postseason um, wonder boy, and everything worked out. And but, you know, it wasn't necessarily 
cupcakes and rainbows for them all year either. So, you know, you'll probably see, you may see them struggle again, you know, this year. What did they go, 10 and 6 last year, I think? Uh, yeah, something like that. It, I mean, they were they were kind of like, they were on a path to really maybe missing the playoffs, and they just got hot, and they they caught fire, and, and yeah. they were the hot team down the stretch. And so there could be some that would make the argument that maybe Tampa wasn't that good last year and they just got hot. And I think that that take will bubble if Tampa Bay gets off to a slow start. Now, I don't think they'll have any problems with Dallas. Um, I know Mike McCarthy has done well against Tom Brady in the past, but that's more of a a Belichick thing than it is a Brady thing because McCarthy is an offensive guy. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But then they got Atlanta. The Rams, which on the road, the Patriots on the road, that's it's a little tough stretch early on. So, yeah, maybe they get off to a little bit of a slower start. I think there will be some of those questions of like, oh, is, Brady, is this it for Brady? But we, I feel like we've had that conversation seven or eight times. Right. And then he <laughs> At least. comes up and he's a whirling dervish for the rest of it. So, who knows? Yeah. Packers wise, I think I'm going to go 12 and five. Okay. Um, I thought about 11 and six just, just to make a joke. That you know, everyone that says everyone as soon as the schedule comes out, ten and six, eleven and five oh, in yeah. the old days. Um, now you can be eleven and six. Um, but I'll go twelve and five. Pretty pretty safe. I mean, I don't know how much you want me to elaborate, but no, I mean you know, I think you laid I, it I out think, pretty good. I think we're all I think we're all in alignment that they're gonna win the division. I don't think the division's very good. Um yeah. I don't think Minnesota's a playoff team. Uh, I just think there's a lot of chemistry stuff with them. I sort of said in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, like Mike Zimmer gives me a lot of like Scott Skiles, Thibodeau vibes, where it's mm-hmm. just like at some point are the players just going to be like, fuck this guy. And like, did they do that with the vaccines? I don't know. You know, well, are they just like, and whatever. you had like, you had some, you know, public comments from Zimmer to his, his quarterback, which I feel like, yeah. You gotta have that synergy, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I as I said in the pod yesterday, like Mike runs his program like Mao Zedong ran China, um, so mm-hmm. he 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 basically like needs everybody on board. Like he's way too involved with the offense. I don't know. I just could see them not having a great year, um, and I'm definitely keeping an eye out. Like one of the scheduled losses I have for the Packers is against the Ravens, but man. They kind of look like there's always that team where everything goes wrong. Like, I think the 49ers were that team last year for sure. Like, the Ravens are starting to get that vibe early on where, like, nothing – like, I really actually like Vegas this week. I think Vegas – I actually think Vegas is going to win that game. Um, I really like Vegas. Um, And be curious. I think that's that's a game where – Right now, it looks daunting. You're going to Baltimore in December. It's a tough place to play. The Ravens are always good good at home. But maybe by December, maybe Lamar Jackson's out. Maybe they're down to, like, their sixth running back. Maybe they have a bunch of defend, defenders out. Like, And it's, it's kind of a cakewalk. That happens with schedules all the time, where injuries happen that we don't expect. I guess my, own, my only hope is we get the Chiefs and Packers full strength in week eight. Because it would be a fucking jam if Rodgers or Mahomes was missing this after the NFL basically bent backwards to make sure that this matchup happened this year with the extra game. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, week nine, that is actually. Week nine, uh, November seventh. Right. So, yes. yeah, no, I, that would obviously be a a blow to the NFL's product. Oh year, yeah, which which I definitely would hate to see. <laughs> Not a night game either. Shocking. A three twenty-five. Might as well be in November. Uh, yeah, no shit. Yeah, and there's not a lot of noon starts there. So if you are one, if you're a fan of the noon start, this is not the schedule for you. You gotta hope for some flexes and things like that because there is a lot of late afternoons. You gotta um, hope that the Bears are awful by week 14. Yeah, um, but man, even if they are awful, like don't you think Justin Packers Fields Bears. is playing? Yeah, Packers Bears always plays, man does they, they love that oh yeah um or like the rams just have become that team that just the rams are three and ten at that point or two and ten. Oh, that would be shocking i think that would you talk about like massive surprises like stafford has a back injury and then just all goes to shit i don't know if mcvay they have they're another team who's the chips are like all in on that team for the next two years so i don't know it'd, it'd be interesting a lot of Rams hype as the as the season goes. I feel like a lot of people, Buccaneers, I have Packers in the Super Bowl, by the way, Mitch, if you weren't curious. I I think it's going to be a Packers-Bills Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Yep. That would the, be – that would be a lot of fun. Oh, it would be amazing. that last year. It would be amazing. And the Packers would be the fucking bad guys, which doesn't happen often. Like, everybody would be rooting for the Bills. No yep. one would be rooting for the Packers besides us. I think I said that last year when we said the possibility of a Packer-Bills Super Bowl. Like, nobody would be on the Packers' side. Not a soul. Everyone would be on the Bills. Yeah. Man, I don't even – the AFC, man, is a – I mean, obviously the Chiefs or the Bills. But there's nobody else that, you know – It'd be fun to take the Browns, but, man, do you really see that happening? There is something, man, that you just they're good, think, though. like, they are when, good. oh, they're, they're good. But, like, it, it, will the Browns Browns it again? Like, is that yeah. is the Browns just going to – they have the Bucs, aren't – if you had to say what MD, what NFL team is the Bucs, it's the Browns, right? Uh, it's probably the Bills. Ooh, okay. See, I feel like the Bills have had more success – than the Bucks did, like, with the 90s. I'm trying to think what would be – wouldn't the Bills kind of be the New York Knicks in a way? So had a lot of success in the 90s, then struggled for some dysfunction. Now, I know the Knicks haven't risen to where they are now. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop this. This sounds like a, actually a great that's topic, a, honestly. That's probably a topic for August. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is not a topic for now. Or if we do, like, a fall jam or a winter jam, just, like, lay it all out there. Start developing, like, assigning NBA teams to NFL teams. But you're right. It's an August August topic. I want to differentiate from you, and I don't really want to take the Chiefs. Yeah. Because that's probably what's going to happen, and it's just not fun. I don't want to be – I don't want to be national media, like – No, that – Dude, yeah. Zag. That's what Rosillo talks about this all the time. Like you, he, he, he. That's how he ended up taking the Raptors in like 2019. To me, in the AFC, it's like Chiefs. Chiefs are probably on a tier on their own. Bills right yeah. below them. Then I go probably like 
Browns, Titans, and maybe Ravens and another tier. I don't know. Steelers. I mean, those two teams are kind of a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. I like the Titans a lot too. Yeah. Give me the Browns. Give me the Browns. Fuck it. All right. Packers also would be the bad guys if the Browns were in the Super Bowl. That would so, be assuming I have the Packers going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, you have the Packers which, going to the Super Bowl. I mean, be, any... <laughs> that would be a giant leap to assume that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, give me the Packers. Why not? All right. Again, again, nice. also, also like the Buccaneers, Buccaneers being like the Chiefs, where it's like everyone in the national media just their eyes can't unsee that. So it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna zag as usual. Give me the Packers, Dude. Packers and Browns uh, Super Bowl. Crazy. And, the, and I, and people would think the rating would be bad on that. That rating would be massive. That would be a absolute just huge rating for that Super Bowl. In L.A., the real question would be is if we try to go to L.A. That's That would be the question. Do we just go <laughs> for Super Bowl week? I mean, I know people there. Joseph Brothers I, live there. I will tell you right now, I don't have enough money to do that. Okay. All right. Just, <laughs> well, maybe we'll fund it. We'll get a go I mean, do you know how much, how much that would cost? Yeah, I'm not saying I mean, I'm not saying go I'm not saying go to the game. I'm just saying rub elbows with people for a little I don't even while. give a shit about the game. I mean you're talking flights and lodging and like Yeah, <laughs> we have the we have brothers Peralski for the lodging. We got that. Flight an issue. Um we'll we'll have to work on that. You know, maybe we have Murph work a wheels up connect. Then we get a private out there. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I'd be good on a PJ. I don't know about you. You've, you've played this scenario out before. I love it. No, I, I, I'm just, I'm just free, get, bro. I'm get, just free, balling. Yeah, we get we get Murph to, to plug up a to plug up a PJ. We just fly out there for the yeah. He knows wheels. He knows wheels up, guys. Like he loosely, whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, he'll pre- if he's listening to this, it will appreciate that uh, more than probably anything we do. Uh, it likes like get down, get that clip. But anyways, um, so other topics: Brewers right now three uh, three against the Phillies. Would hate for them to lose this game. Uh, yeah. Freddie Peralta, another kind of tough start. I don't know. I don't know if we need to have a conversation about Freddie Peralta. They have two on right now in the bottom of the fifth, so we won't have have the results um they get indians this weekend indians have been kind of good against bad teams bad against good teams been a 500 team all season then a couple against the tigers i think right now you're just basically hoping nobody gets hurt and just see a lot of good things heading into the postseason and some of the guys who are hurt your tyrone taylor's your manikinias of the world come back and kind of get get ready get some swings before before the postseason starts yeah yeah i mean I'm, I'm in agreement there i mean some of the starting pitching has been a little like the guys who have been great all year have been kind of rough the last turnaround or two yep. whereas like the hausers and lowers have had like some of their best starts of their career <laughs> who you know that's not necessarily guys you trust a ton but um yeah i you know i agree totally just Get everybody healthy. Willie Adamas also hurt. Avi Garcia is also nicked up. I mean, it's hard to tell with, I guess, a lot baseball in general right now. 
just the way things are pro sports in general with the load management. And it's hard to really tell, like, it seemed like for a while there with the Brewers, like everybody's leaving a game with like general knee soreness or like something like that. Like, and then they, then they'd be back in the lineup the next day. And you have the whole Brett Anderson thing with, you know, leaving starts on cue and, and like the fourth inning and then, you know, something minor and then coming back for the next game. Um, it's hard to tell, I guess, but I think those guys do have some legitimate injuries and um, yeah, just, just look for, look for good signs and hopefully, you know, everybody gets, gets back under, gets their, their legs under them again, I guess, for the last three weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Brett, Brett Andrews kind of got wallet hip there, like with how good Lauer and how's there been, yeah. like, you kind of are like, all right, Brett, what's, are you going to get left off the postseason roster? Or are you going to get like, and then you have Aaron Ashby who's pitching uh, tonight again. And I think Aaron Ashby is going to kind of be the Burns of 2018 where he'll, he'll pitch two or three innings and give the Brewers some real, some real depth. Yeah. Like I think what I've learned from this last week and a half is just how deep this team is and how it can be a yeah. different guy every night. And we've known that for the season, but it's a little different once you get closer to the postseason. Cause you're like, all right, like what's to say Danny double cheese can't have a huge home run just coming off the bench uh, in right. a, tight ball game in the playoffs you know yeah I mean they have some decisions to make for sure um, oh yeah I don't I don't think at this point Brett and Brett Anderson would be on my postseason roster for the first round no. just with the emergence of Lauer and and I guess Lauer in particular I mean Hauser I was always probably going to have on the postseason roster um I kind of like the idea of having Lauer be the fourth starter with Hauser to piggyback. Yep. I like that a lot. Um, but who knows though, because with Freddie Peralta, they've kind of been, he's had a quick trigger, a quick trigger with Peralta the last, basically since the all-star break. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're, you know, and, and they did again uh, on Wednesday night, but Peralta also had like 90 pitches in the fourth inning, but it's kind of, maybe they're setting him up to be kind of, I don't know. And Peralta has been so good this year that you don't really want to sell him short, but it just seems like they're almost kind of setting him up to not necessarily be a seven or eight inning pitcher. Look, man, it it happens sometimes with, with baseball where a guy who's a young dude kind of runs out of steam and then he has a different role for the postseason just because that's how it goes. Like Freddie definitely needs like a get right start. Like he's faced some tough competition with the Phillies mm-hmm. who have a pretty good offense and the Cardinals uh, who I think were really kind of fired up for the 300th appearance or 300th uh, Yachty Wainwright thing last Friday night. Like I think there was a lot of juice there from the Cardinals organization. So those are for mm-hmm. the first two start back for Carlton. Now, if he goes on his normal start time, He'll get Detroit next week. Detroit's not a slouch. Like they're only six games or five, nine games under 500, but still it's a little bit more of a get right spot for Peralta. And then probably going to see the Cardinals again. And you're just going to, you got to get better. Like there really isn't that time for Freddie Peralta to just sort of work out, work out the mechanics where kind of ran out of time. So hopefully that Detroit start kind of writes the ship a little bit. And yeah, Woodruff wasn't good. 
in his last start. Burns, Burns, I thought was all right. It just, he didn't have a good defense behind him. And as it is a lot with Corbin Burns is the soft contact seems to be a real issue where it's like these guys get these little duck farts and they somehow end up being doubles. And it's just really frustrating. And mm. that happens a lot with Corbin Burns. And I'm not asking, I would say if I would rank my concerns, I'd probably say Peralta one. I'd put Woodruff down few notches and then I put Burns underneath Woodruff. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Because Peralta, he's still kind of like a thrower, not a pitcher. Yeah. Um, where he's just kind of, I feel like when I watch him, it's like, I don't know if he knows where it's going. Yeah. He's just kind of is throwing fastballs that are 93 miles an hour and they, they end up where they end up. And, you know, sometimes he gets away with it. Other times he doesn't. And to Bryce Harper, you're not going to get away with it. Nope. But to Ron, Ronald Torres, you might. And he did. No. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with all that. Exactly. Well, other topics quick as we're trying to wrap up the show. Uh, Summerfest, talk about a disaster. Um, you know, the weather has not been great, as we mentioned, you know, w- number one sports weather podcast out there, um, Wisconsin sports plus weather, like we should actually get sponsorship from somebody. I don't know. TMJ Four weather will slide in the DMS, Brian Goddard. Um, anyways, it's been bad. And I think Summerfest kind of overplayed their hand a little bit. I think Summerfest thought they were more important than just normal schedules. And, and the weather really like, Oh, people come Summerfest. Like it's Summerfest. It's tradition. Yada, yada. Well, it's tradition in the middle of summer. Now you got kids going back to school. Everybody's pretty much back as of now, Thursday nights are not really nights to go out unless you're an 18 to 22 year old. Even then, like it's not always a, every, every night, every Thursday night is like this booze fest. Maybe when you were like 18 or 19, but as you get a little older, you're like, eh, you know, I, I'll save it for Friday. And then for them to not add Sunday because they were scared of the Packers is just another misfire altogether. Not everybody's Packer fans. I know there are a lot of people who like the NFL, but you could work around that. Have a fucking viewing area. And you would have only dealt with the Packers one time out of the three weeks you had Summerfest. The first week was Labor Day weekend. Yeah, had it during Badger or whatever. It didn't, that didn't bother you. And then number two, Packers Saints. And the last one, Packers on Monday night. So it wouldn't even been an issue. And they they got tight. And they worried too much about that stuff and didn't think people would come out on Sunday. And let me tell you, families probably would rather prefer to go on a Sunday afternoon than they would on a Thursday when they're at work. So I think it's a colossal failure by Summerfest. And I don't know if I'll go. I have some tickets, but I don't know if it'll just kind of have to be the right show and be, you know, a bunch of stuff going on. We'll, we'll just sort of see what happens. What What's kind of your opinion on the uh, – do you think it's as much of a disaster than making it out to me? Well, since I'm paid it highly to have an opinion on the subject, I'll try to get <laughs> one. Um you don't have to. If you don't have an opinion, you just want to talk shit about Paul Chris, we can move on. I mean, I guess I it's just a real brief thing. I mean, yeah. To me it's probably it's just not on people's radars. You know, people and with school starting, you know, it's just not I don't know. And the weird format probably fucks with people too. You know, I don't know. 
people in Wisconsin are creatures of habit. I feel like more than some places and, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. Summerfest is probably just trying to, to make it happen. I, uh, I was going to say something, but it'll get, we'll be podcasting for another half an hour if I do, but. No, no, um, no say it. It's all say it. I, will, little, I, I promise. I promise I will. I will not react. I will react to after the show, but I will not react in, inside the show. I want to get you. Well, your I was going to say, watch, watch Milwaukee get a, a mask mandate reinstated after Summerfest is done. I know it's coming. So, I, I already, I mean, I, I mean, well, the numbers are very low, but whatever. I'm not going to comment. I will say this too. I'm kind of on top of that. The reason they pushed it back was COVID. Yet when, or no, the Bucks were like knee deep in the postseason run and they could have had Summerfest going during the Bucks title, but Bucks run. People were coming up here. I think that was like the Atlanta, end of Brooklyn series, into the Atlanta series. Summerfest all around there. The Bucks clinch could have happened during Summerfest. Like, it could have been this awesome moment for the city, like comp combining multiple things. And yet they, they weren't able to have that happen. So another, yeah. another failure. Yep. Totally. All right. So Paul Chris, he's, he, he, some people, I made a comment today. I saw a radio station. It was like, it's Paul Chris on a hot seat basically. And I'm like, look, well, I, do no. I think Paul Chris needs, to innovate yes do i think he's on the hot seat absolutely not that's just, I just like butter. it's like i mean i i don't know i don't have anything that like i don't have a specific tweet or like in mind but it's just like uh, paul christ i'm not tired of him he doesn't need to be fired but it's like he ruins quarterbacks <laughs> for lack of a better term like how many quarterbacks do you have to go through to be like this guy does nothing to instill confidence in his players. He runs, it's run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. Like there's just no fucking innovation at all. And everybody freaks out on the quarterback and it's like, what has Paul Chris done? That's, I mean, and Jack Cohen goes and plays for Notre Dame and has, uh, you know, more yards than he had his entire career at Wisconsin in one game. I mean, it's like, it ain't the quarterback. Yeah, there is some of that, right? Like, you do wonder what Paul Chris needs to change his system. And I, I think that's the thing is like, like have as much a set as, of nuts. Yeah. One and time, like, please. Kurt, Kurt Ferentz has kind of altered Iowa's offense. Iowa had this issue for a little bit. And it, Iowa looked really generic. Iowa looked like everybody knew what to expect. Then Iowa kind of kind of brought in some different quarterbacks like Nate Stanley kid from Menominee now Spencer Petraeus who was pretty good and they still have like good running backs Tyler Goodson's a really good running back for Iowa and they're one of the premier games this week against Iowa State but just watch Iowa and they they do it a little differently than Wisconsin and I think that's what Badgers need to get to I think they need to blend in some of that new school throw the ball downfield a little bit like there's no deep passes. Like I, how, what, what was Mertz's deepest throw that he made? <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't it, remember any. Here, I'll, I'll look it up. And I, I mean, these are complete, we'll only have completions, but yeah, I just, I think the innovation is lacking from Paul. And so I don't know if that's like, he needs to just get a, a coordinator who's completely different 
who's not just a buddy of his, like Joe Randolph was, who was trying to get a coaching job. Randolph was awful. Um, and Chris at that point, you know, hasn't really looked much better, but we'll see. I mean, they get a game against Eastern, Eastern Michigan to kind of get off the mat. Um, the Eagles played a D3 school or D2 school last week, so not much to say there. The Badgers are 26-point favorites. So it is a real get-right game before they take on Notre Dame in two weeks. Ooh, with how bad Notre Dame was against the run, like I actually think Wisconsin weirdly has a shot in that game. Um, that's the crazy thing, right? Because you saw how bad they were stopping the run. I'm like, well, that's going to play into Wisconsin's hands. Mertz's longest pass that was completed, so we don't we don't have non-completions, was a 23-yarder to Danny Davis. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Longest pass completed for Penn State. We had one that was 52 and one that was 49. So ask yourself some questions there. Badgers also, the offensive line was very uh, Ooh, underwhelming. Yeah. No. Um, but Penn State has always had some studs on D. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they'll, Wisconsin offensive line will pull a look. I mean, that's – I don't know how many guys they return on the O-line, if any. That's a, a, that's a tall that, – that's a tough ask for Penn State right out of the gate. Um, so, yeah, what did you on that. What did you think of our boy Tom Oates' take that there shouldn't be high-profile games in week one? See that take? Um, yeah, I did. I'm the one who showed you that. Oh, you're right. Um, I everybody else does it. It's hard to. I mean, you know, I don't know if that was his exact take, but it's yeah, basically, his take was this is why you don't have conference games right away. Which that was his point essentially was that's why you don't have big games. But I mean, you can't schedule cupcakes all the time, and I don't know. Why did the Big Ten do that? Just to get conference games in, in case of COVID or something? No, I think they. I think they kind of. Oh, it's probably are, Fox. Are do yeah? They're they're it's it's TV, it's attention. They they're kind of doing it more and more. I think they're going to be another year where the Badgers. I think start the year against Illinois. Last year they were supposed to start against Indiana. If you remember, it was a Friday night before COVID shut it down. I can pull yeah. up Wisconsin's upcoming schedule because they, they're, they're going to do this again. This isn't the only time. And that goes against Oates's point is this was one of the best rated college football weekends of the year. I think we're going to have Ohio state Notre Dame next year to open up the season. Like this isn't going away. The NFL and, and college realized that getting week one, there's a ton of good NFL week one games. Like, it's crazy how many good games there are on Sunday. And I think that's all by design. They're just trying to build that excitement. Yeah, next year, next year they play Illinois to open up the year um, at home, Camp Randall, Bielema, um, back in, in there. And then the year following, 2023, they're back to a schedule where they start out against Buffalo, Washington State, Georgia Southern, and then the first Big Ten game, is not till week four against Rutgers. And the following year, same thing. Um, and that, that's the year when Alabama comes to comes to Madison in the middle of September uh, in 2024, which definitely wanted to circle, um, I think, for all of us. Well, hopefully I'm still alive. Oh, Mitch. <laughs> Come on. 
you, three years you from will, now? Yeah, you will be. You'll be thriving. That year, the Badgers have to play Alabama. Is be at Michigan, at Ohio State, and Penn State, and at Iowa. Jesus Christ. Well, they might want to fire Paul Chris before that happens. Yeah. You're probably going to want to have an offense that at least is in the new ages and not, not still in the dark ages, but right. We'll see. We'll see if brother does gets mad at me for this, uh, the, the, this conversation. He might, um, big Paul Chris guy. So we'll, we'll see. I'll deal with the shrapnel if I need to, but we have talked long enough. Um, we will be back next week. We will talk Packers saints. We'll talk about Jacksonville. Um, great call by the NFL, uh, getting that game. Jacksonville hurricanes got touched down there, travel storm, um, on Thursday. So it'll be all clear for the game, but just again, genius work by everybody. I'm glad the Saints We're so far in the Saints fucking head that we had to do it in Jacksonville, not Arizona where it made the most sense, but that's here and over there. Um, I'll let it go. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll probably talk a little more about the Brewers, hopefully win tonight and win this weekend. And, and then who knows what else? Bad, maybe Badgers blow it against Eastern Michigan. Then, then that's a whole other topic. It's really, really fun. Um, but we we won't we won't go there. I, I doubt that will be be the case. Any last words for the people, Mitch? Uh, go Packers. Go Pack, boy! You Pack, boy! You know. Uh, can't wait for the overreaction Monday takes. They're they're always the best. All right, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. We'll be back tomorrow. Should I bet my team on the Daily Tap? We'll break down the lines for both the Badgers and Eastern Michigan, as well as Green Bay and New Orleans. Um, give me a Jameis Winston interception prop, please. All right, see you guys later. Have a good one. Bye. Peace.